Congregation, the central text for this Easter morning is from John 20, verse 8. Then went he, went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. So far, Christ no longer in the sepulcher. Three thoughts. Who buried him in the sepulcher? Who came to the sepulcher? And who saw him first out of the sepulcher? And then we hope to close with seven points of application. So Christ no longer in the sepulcher. Who buried him in the sepulcher? Who came to the sepulcher? who saw him first out of the sepulcher, and then seven points of application. Congregation, do you know, how did the Lord Jesus and his disciples survive? Nobody worked. There were no fishermen anymore. So where did the money come from when they went for groceries and things? Well, was a group of women, some of them very rich, very affluent, and they ministered from the substance, it says. So whenever they needed money, they provided it. So Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Susanna, Salome, a few more men in the Bible, who were kind of close to the Lord Jesus and had followed them also from Galilee to Jerusalem, and many of them also had stood around the, around the cross and had seen it, that the Savior was crucified. Also the mother of the Lord Jesus was there. A sword shall pierce through thine own soul, the angel had said. And yes, that's how it was. What a pain. What a hurt in her soul. A sword piercing through their own soul. The Lord Jesus, her son, and the Savior had passed away from this life. And many of those women were very confused. And were doubting. Because how was this possible? The Lord Jesus had said, I had authority given. He had spoken with authority. He had performed miracles. They had hoped that he was the Messiah and that he would also establish a kingdom on earth. And all that hope was gone. They were despondent. And the Lord Jesus was still hanging on the cross, dead. So what a hopeless situation. How did those women feel? Did they still believe in him? Did they still love him? Did they still care for him? Or did they, did, did they just turn the page and say, it's over. We made a mistake. We were deceived. No, they couldn't. They, they couldn't let, let it go again. They still believed that he was that promised Savior. But they didn't understand things. And they did not understand what the Lord Jesus had spoken of before, that he would rise from the dead. Hang on the cross yet. But dead, his corpse. The disciples were concerned about that, but also the Jews were. Many Jewish people were concerned that the Lord Jesus that Jesus would hang on the cross for days. And tomorrow will be the special Easter Sunday Sabbath on that Saturday after Good Friday. And they approached, therefore, Pilate. And they asked him if, they, if he could take the bodies down from the cross. Because of that special Sabbath day. 
Jews, therefore, I read in John 19, because it was the preparation that the body should remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that the legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and checked them out, and they broke the bones of the two others, but they did not break the bones of the Lord Jesus, as was also as prophesied. And they pierced his side, and forthwith immediately there came blood and water out of him. So they checked it, and he was dead. You know, can you imagine those people? So concerned. Oh, that body, those three bodies, they must be taken down from the cross. It's such a holy day tomorrow. We, we, we can't have that. We, we can't have that. We, we, can, we, we can see that. Something must happen. So they went to Pilate. They were so motivated to get those bodies from the cross. What a warped conscience they had. What a hypocrisy. They didn't care for Jesus. They, re, they refused to believe in the Son of God. But yet so traditional, so legalistic, so precise, so strict. So apparently that is possible, right? Would it also be possible today that someone is very strict and very traditional and just fired up about things? Oh, that is so bad. But not realizing that we murder Jesus ourselves. And that's how it was. And that is still possible. Now the uh, Evangelist Luke also writes on this, right? Of four gospels do. And he continues with that it was a good man, a just man, named Joseph of Arimathea, from the city of Arimathea, and he also approached Pilate. And he asked him if he could have, if they could have the body of Jesus. And they asked boldly, Mark said, because if you ask the body of Jesus, then you show interest in him. Then you show to the world that you are loving, respecting that person. So it was kind of dangerous. But boldly asked, may I have the body of Jesus? May we bury it? And after Pilate had found out that he was dead, he allowed that. So Joseph Arimathea took the body and lovingly wrapped him in clean linen and sprinkled spices in between the linen. He must have been rich himself as well. And close, by the way, close to the hill of Gogotha, there was a garden, right? We don't know the name of that garden, not the Garden of Gethsemane, just another garden, with an official gardener. And there was a sepulcher in that garden, maybe more than one, but at least one sepulcher was due. Nobody has ever been laid in there, nobody has ever been buried in there. And they took the body of Jesus, wrapped him in those cloths, sprinkled the spices, the sweet spice in between, and then gently laid him in that sepulcher. And the women watched. The women were looking. Curious. There was also a certain Nicodemus were there. Nicodemus, also brought a mixture of myrrh, aloes, and not just a little. Hundred pounds, the Bible says, and they sprinkled that as well in between the linen. Nicodemus, there was a night disciple, disciple who was also loving the Lord Jesus and also 
element that this Jesus was the Savior. So that Friday evening, they all went home because it was the preparation of the Sabbath. And they went to the place that they stayed if it was not at home. And the next day, they rested because it was the Sabbath day. So you don't go shopping, you don't go to the grave, and you don't do things. And you don't wrap in cloths, you don't sprinkle mirror, and all the way on the Sabbath day, on that holy Saturday, it was a high day. In the meantime, the Jews had also approached Pilate for something else. Remarkable. He said, Pilate, they buried him, right? They buried him. But he told his followers that he would rise. So they are concerned that they will steal that body and that they will tell the people that he rose from the dead and that they'll be very bad. So that can't happen. So please, can you seal the grave? and put some soldiers there that they can steal the body? Because he told his disciples, I will rise. So they had heard that. They remember that. Amazing. They remembered that Jesus had said that he will rise. His disciples had forgotten that. Disciples had forgotten that. But they remembered Sometimes the world knows more, knows more than the church does. They sealed the grave, and the soldiers had their place. They were not supposed to steal. So that Sunday was the day of rest. But then, that, 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 that Saturday. But then on Sunday morning, they wanted to come to the grave again. And they did. I read in Luke 8, and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils and others. So those women, they came. I read in John 20 only about Mary Magdalene. The first day of the week, come with Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark, and to the sepulcher and see the stone taken away from the sepulcher. But I'm sure it was not only her. Because later, she says, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not, and we don't, we don't, we don't know. So she is the representative of the other way. Did they not feel deceived? Were they not terribly disappointed? Were they not mad? No. They were confused and doubting, but they still loved him. So they had to go to the sepulcher. They had to pay the last respect. And they had to do what they had to do according to the tradition of the day. They could not turn the page and forget about the past. They still loved the Lord Jesus Christ. They were still believers, although they did not actively believe in him. They did not believe in his resurrection, but they believed in Jesus yet. So this is how the Lord Jesus was brought into the sepulchre. Let's go to the second thought. Visiting, coming to the sepulchre. So they came, Mary and the other ladies, they came to the sepulchre that Sunday morning, and they did not think of who shall roll that heavy stone away. Did you think about that? 
It was so filled with desire and awe, and we have to do something. We have to finish the bombing ritual. They didn't think. But they came to the grave, and they saw that the stone was rolled away. And that shocked them. It did not dawn on them that the Lord God could have raised him. They did not even think of the possibility. And they were in shock. Who stole him? They wondered. They have taken away the Lord and we know not. We don't know. We don't know where they have laid him. So Mary Magdalene, by herself, she ran back. She did not see much yet. She only saw the stormy roadway. And she ran back to Jerusalem to tell Peter and to tell John. And she told them that we know not where they have laid him. So that shocked Peter and John. And Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they had to run. They wanted to go. They wanted to see that themselves. So we see them going there. So they ran both together. And the other disciple did outrun Peter. We think that Peter was in his 50s, 40s, 50s, and John in his 20s, according to the, the tradition. So they started running together, and then the apostle Peter had to slow down. He was a little older. And John just went on and came first to the grave. And they see those two men standing there, and John, although he was first, did not enter into the graveyard. I don't know why. Was he afraid to be unclean, or what is the reason? Did he not want to touch anything? I don't know. I read about it, and nobody comes with a solution for that. But John came first to the grave, because he ran faster, and then Peter went in. So John was thinking, and Peter just ran in. So that opening was not that big, maybe a meter high, and 75 centimeters wide, and he just went in. And then after that, John came in as well. Shock. So they ran both together, and he stooping down, looking inside, linen clothes, lying, yet went he not in. But then comes Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulchre, and see the linen clothes lie, and the napkin, the handkerchief that was about his head, not lying where the linen clothes was wrapped together in the place apart by itself. So they stood, they stood there together, and they looked at that. They had seen that Joseph, Arimathea, and Nicodemus had wrapped him in those cloths and sprinkled the spices in there. And now see, so neatly rolled up, and so, so clean it looked, and folded. It looked like new again. It looked as if it was never used. As if Lord Jesus just escaped from that cocoon and freed himself. So it was shocking as well. They went, then went in also the other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. To me, that is the most touching verse in this chapter, verse 8. There are many beautiful verses, but I, I like this very much. Then went in also that other disciple, he is not mentioning his own name, that is John, right? The disciple whom Jesus loved, 
Not I love him so much, but he loves me. There was his wonder. And the other disciple came in and saw the linen cloth. He did not see him, but he saw those linen cloths and he believed. The first one. The first one who believed in the resurrected Savior. He did not see him with his physical eyes, but he believed in him. So the Apostle Peter was first to go in, but he outran him again. Because he believed before Peter did. What a wonder. Then went, you know, so the other disciple, and he saw him and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. They still did not clue in. Although they, they saw the emptiness of the... Of the, of the sepulcher, although he was not there, although they saw it so needy rolled up, they, they, didn't, they, not, they did not believe, except John. They're confused, and yet loving him, God-fearing people, taught by the Lord, still believers, they loved the Lord Jesus Christ, but there was also much lacking. That the faith was lacking. I would not judge them. I would not be too hard on such people. I would not say that they are unbelievers and not God's children. They were. But still so much unbelief. So what happened? What happened just before? There had been an earthquake, maybe a third one in a short time. One at the, when the Lord Jesus was crucified, one time when he, uh, when the, uh, he said, it's finished, and now again, an earthquake. The whole earth in that area started shaking. It was of cosmic importance, apparently. And two angels had come down. Children, two angels had come down. And they had rolled the bag of stone. And they went in. And they had faces like lightning. So bright, you could not look at them. And the garments were like snow. And the keepers of the grave, the soldiers, froze and became as dead men. So those angels were also asking, Fear not ye, for I know that ye see Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, he is risen as he said. So they reminded them that he had spoken about it. See the place where the Lord lay and go quickly. Tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you. It was a message from them. And Matthew writes a few more details. And Mark as well. And Luke as well. So let's go over that. Matthew. And they departed quickly with fear and great joy and it ran to bring the disciples' word. With fear and great joy. Amazing. Matthew 28, verse 9. And when they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. 
We read the message. It's kind of hard to give that peace a place somewhere. It's hard to exactly tell what the right chronological order is. And in Mark we read that the women have brought sweet spices and mention all the different names. And when they looked, they saw the stones rolled away, which was very great. And entering into the grave, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were frightened. And they went out quickly, fled, were amazed, and said nothing to any man. And Luke writes out, two men stood by them in the sepulcher. So some saw only one. There were two. Some mentioned only one woman. There were many. They were afraid. They bowed down their faces. They were asking, why seek ye the living among the dead? Remember how he spake, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified in the third day rise again. So they explained it. And they, 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 they told the eleven. And the rest. But the words seemed like idle tales and they believed them not, except John had believed them. <clears throat> and in John they read that Mary Magdalene went in and saw the stone rolled away, and that she ran to Peter and the other disciple, and that she said that we know not where they have laid him. But they came to the sepulcher. At least they came. And there was love in their hearts, and they had spaces with them. And the Lord was asking by the angels who they were seeking. So they were seeking Jesus. Are we? Are we somehow seeking Jesus as the only Savior? That is so important, right? John went inside, saw and believed. Let's go back there. He outran Peter. But also Peter, who was such a spontaneous man, he could not believe it yet, that the Lord Jesus had risen. But it was clear that no human hand could have done this. You know, washing those uh, linen cloths and ironing it, robbers certainly would not have tried that. So there's proof God, God was involved. That was John, what John probably perceived. He remembers it vividly. He remembers the details. For example, the napkin that was around his head lay in a different spot. So they went to their own house. And you see the records are a little different in the different Gospels. But let me clarify the women were at the grave time, at the grave before the men. Right? They were indulged, but they still believed in Jesus, not in his resurrection, but in him. The women had prepared spices, but had no thought of both who would roll the stone away. Right? And Mary Magdalene was the leader of the female disciples. That's the parent. And the women notified the men. They right away did that. And John is the first one to believe that Jesus had risen. And the empty grave should have been a reminder of what the Lord had said. So the Lord has most work with his own church, with his own disciples. Then the first thought, who sign first out of the sepulchre. The Bible gives special attention to one woman, Mary Magdalene. Jesus had cast out seven demons out of her. So she was really in bad shape. 
And she would never forget what the Lord Jesus did, that he just expelled those evil spirits, seven of them. She was not doing well. And the Lord had delivered her. She had, in the meantime, gone back to the sepulcher. She had told John and Peter. And they ran back. And she also, in the meantime, is back. She stood outside of the grave, weeping. Just weeping. Not saying much. Weeping. Tears flowing. Oh, that she loved that Jesus. She believed in him. She, she respected him. She found life in him. He had the word of eternal life for her. And she didn't even think of her resurrection. She will become the first one seeing him with physical eyes, but that, that, that's not from her. She stood down and did not get in. Maybe for the same reason as why John did not get in at first. And she saw now two angels, one on at the head and one other at the feet. And they were very friendly. Why was she weeping? They have taken my Lord, and she wanted to know where they have laid his body. She wanted to go for his dead body. Where is it? She now turned back away from the grave, and she sees a person and does not know who it is. The gardener sees things. It was Jesus, but she did not see that yet. And Jesus also asked why she was weeping. He is also empathizing. And she thought that was the gardener of the place. It was in the garden, right, close to Golgotha. So it makes sense that the keeper of the garden was there. And maybe he had taken him away. But then he said, that unknown person, he said, Mary. She, he just mentioned her name. And she looks at him and recognizes him. Rabboni. Rabboni. Master. Beloved master. And now no, she believes it. After the Lord Jesus revealed himself, she believes it. After John. John had believed it without seeing it. And she sees him, he's revealing himself, and now she believes in him. But that's so much easier, isn't it? It's easier to believe him when he reveals himself than to believe in him and he does not. So let us not idolize and think too highly of Mary Magdalene. Of course he's believing in him. Of course he, he spoke the name Mary. Of course, she says, Rabona. No wonder. Very privileged. But John believed him without that. And did the Lord Jesus not say to Thomas that blessed are they that do not see it and yet believe? Well, she is not one of those here who is not seeing it and yet believing it. She sees it. So the Lord comes down to her level. The Lord gives something that she does not deserve. The Lord gives her extra attention. In spite of her unbelief, like the Lord Jesus did to Thomas, Thomas was struggling also, right? And did not join the disciples and could not believe in the resurrection. So the Lord Jesus spoke to him personally to the two of them. And so the Lord Jesus doing the same thing with Mary. He gives her special attention. Mary, and she hears that voice. There's that sweetness in there. I found this quote somewhere. Her troubled past did not disqualify her from being the first witness of the resurrection, Jesus and his first commissioned messenger of his resurrection. 
So her troubled past did not disqualify her. So she was possessed with devils, right? She was possessed person, possessed with seven, seven devils. She was in really bad shape, really ungodly. That did not disqualify her from being the first witness of the resurrection. It shows something, right? It shows something that nobody has sinned too much, that nobody has been too far away. That grace is grace indeed. But she was not, not, not allowed to touch him. And the Lord Jesus spoke the gospel to her. And he walks with me and he talks with me. Right? So he spoke to her that he was going to ascend to my father and your father. To my God and your God. So that is the gospel. That is coming very close. It's very intimate. So he spoke to her. We are close. Your, my father is your father. My God is your God. So he expressed that closeness to her. She was the first one. Seeing the immortal human body of Jesus. I mean the same body as Christ was born with. The same body that suffered and died. The same physical body the Lord Jesus took when he went to heaven. The first one, meeting Christ outside of the grave. So he saw that he was brought to the sepulchre, that they came visiting the sepulchre, that she was the first one meeting him out of the sepulchre. And now the application. Seven points of application. The first one, the Lord Jesus, he still reveals himself. He's still doing that. He took his physical body to heaven. So we can't see that anymore. It's reserved for God's people after death to be with Jesus, to also be with his resurrected body in heaven. But not yet. Here on earth, the Lord reveals himself in a different way. <clears throat> he reveals himself in his word and through the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it feels like as the Lord is saying, Mary, so personal. When the Holy Spirit mentions your name, so to speak, when the Holy Spirit makes it clear this is not for others, I'm talking to you, Mary. And those times are precious. And those words in the Bible applied by the Holy Spirit are unforgettable. The Lord still reveals himself through word and spirit. Do you know about that? Has Christ revealed himself to you? Has room been made in your heart for him? That you don't only read the Bible, but that it comes close to you. And that it comes to your heart. And the Lord says, Mary. Simon, Simon, or in different ways. And that is very personal. But you don't forget that, do you? Secondly, the resurrection is proof of the fact that God is not angry anymore. On the cross, the Lord Jesus paid the price and before that as well, but he finished paying the price. He said it's finished. But that is only what he said, right? That is what the Lord Jesus said, it's finished. But did his father agree with that? Did the father also agree on that it was finished? It was enough. Yes. 
And on Easter Day, there was proof given of that. On Easter Day, the Father says, here is the receipt. This is proof of the fact that the payment is sufficient. And isn't that precious? To see that and to believe that and to experience it and to feel it in your heart that God the Father is not angry anymore. Remember again what Luther said? If I would know, right, that God was not angry with me, I would stand on my head for joy. And that is, that is real for God's people. So sometimes they feel that anger of the Lord against sin. And what a happiness when the Lord gives proof it's paid for. He is the receipt. Don't you see that he rose from the dead? That is proof of the, of the fact. That was enough. You don't have to pay anything yourself. In the third place with the comfort that when Christ died, the church died with him. And when Lord Jesus rose, the church rose with him. You remember that example of an expecting woman? You know, when an expecting mother goes somewhere, she takes the baby along, right? When an expecting mother is in an accident, the baby is. When an expecting mother goes to a special place, the baby goes along. Why do I mention this? Well, the church is always in Christ. So wherever Christ goes, whatever he does, the church is doing it in him, with him. So that's why we read in Galatians 2, I am crucified. What? I am? No, you are. No, I am. I am crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So experiencing that closeness with Christ in faith means that you died, that you paid. And Colossians 3 verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, See those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So when Lord Jesus was vindicated, when he was receiving that approval of his Father, the church received that as well. So God's children are crucified with him. And God's children rode with him. They have risen with him in his resurrection. For the resurrection means that God has an eternal plan for these bodies of ours. It's a plan the Lord has with the bodies of his children. I asked that catechism class is not too long gone. What is after heaven? And became quiet. Nobody said anything. So I said again, what happens after heaven? Nothing. That's the end. Heaven is the end. No, it isn't. After heaven, there's more. Because in heaven are only the souls of God's people. Right? Is that the end? So the bodies are in the grave? The souls in heaven, that's enough? 
He's not done enough. So the Lord Jesus rose from the dead, indicating that there's an eternal plan for the bodies of him and the bodies of his church, and actually of the whole world. So Mary Magdalene saw Christ alive, but her body will be resurrected as well. Listen to this. 1 Thessalonians 4. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. They that sleep with Jesus, God will bring with him. For our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change, who shall change our vile body that may be fashioned like into his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. And one more. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the first fruit of them that slept. So he's the first one, but not the last one. Christ is the first one being resurrected. Many more are following. He's not the last one. Every man in his own order, Christ the first fruit. Afterwards, they that are Christ's at his coming. And he comes. Then they are Christ's. They'll be risen with him. Five. The resurrection means that Jesus has a continuing ministry. But Jesus is not done yet. He said it's finished. Yes, but he wasn't. What? He, he wasn't finished. He was finished with something. He was finished with suffering. He was finished with paying. But he was not finished with his work. So much more to do afterwards. So he rose from the dead not to take a vacation. He rose from the dead, I speak with reverence, to continue his ministry. And he, he is, he is. He continues his ministry in heaven. In, in his human nature, in his real human nature, he continues at the right hand of the Father. Heaven is not just a spiritual place. Heaven is a place also the body of Jesus. And a few more bodies. Christ continues. Who is it that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. See, he's not finished. He maketh intercession in heaven. Continuing ministry. And six. The resurrection is related to receiving a new heart, a new life. The resurrection is connected to sanctification, to living a holy life, to rise from the dead yourself, to conquer sin and to fight it. To walk a newness of life. Therefore, we are buried with him. Buried with him, not only crucified with him and risen with him, also buried with him. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, 
even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. So there's so much power and energy. I don't know how to learn it. In the resurrection of Christ, it affects people. It raises them from the dead. And seven, we will all see this Jesus. We will see him. He's coming back in his human body. And he will be the judge in his human body. The Apostle Paul spoke in Athens on Mars Hill about that. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Wow. Now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead. So he raised him from the dead to be judged. See? We've come to the end. Verse 8 again. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. That's our heartfelt wish. That's the command of the Lord to repent and to believe in that Savior and to seek no salvation anywhere else. He paid the price. It was enough. The Father gave proof of that. And the Father says, My son is content with what I did, with what he did. I'm content with what he did. And you should be content with what he did. Are you? Are you content with what Christ has done? Is there anything else he should have done? Do anything else he should pay have paid more. It's all in him. So therefore, bring this before the Lord. You say, Lord God, John believed in him without seeing him. May I see him in the word. May I meet him in the scriptures. May be applied by the Holy Spirit. Amen.